0: You're listening to Girlside Chats, a podcast for women and girls. From periods to politics, we boldly explore life on the girl side. I'm your host Vanessa L. Wild and founder of Girlside Chats, and I'm your co-host Heather Conklin. And today we're chatting about
1: young leadership. So, Vanessa, um, what are your thoughts on leadership today? My thoughts on leadership, you're the one in the in the
0: youth leadership space.
1: Well, <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I you know today we're really talking about young leadership. We're talking about the changes in leadership, really, that are happening that we're seeing these days. Um, and we're seeing a lot of it all over the country.
0: Youth are inspired to create change. Uh, in fact, it's been really inspiring to watch all these kids stand up to politicians
1: very vocally. Absolutely. So I mean the students yeah that are responding in reaction to the mass shooting in Parkland, Florida have really done a tremendous job and they're really pushing forward gun control and safety in schools. Um, You know what is it that's making them different though at this point? I mean from anything else that's been done. You know it's interesting.
0: I think with social media these kids have a voice that we didn't, that say I didn't have as a as a kid. They are able to get out their reaction, their response, their ideas in a really big way. I mean, they're they're hashtagging or they're, you know, tagging Donald Trump when they're when they're tweeting out stuff. So this stuff is like
1: their message is being heard. Far and wide. And amplified because amplified. of social media. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important part of it. And certainly the creative efforts, I think, you know, on behalf of using social media and using it well, knowing how to use it, I think is a big component of that. But I mean, even like the NRA boycott of the companies that were somehow, you know, providing discounts to NRA members and supporting, you know, in some way, um, the fact that they were able to get such traction on having people boycott and putting pressure on those companies. So that's a nice sort of, you know, back end when politicians aren't compliant. Yeah, these kids have really stepped
0: up into leadership. And again, I think that social media is a really powerful tool to help them step up into leadership.
1: And I think the fact that, you know, I mean, some of these, I mean, a lot of these students can't even vote. I think that's so powerful. And I think that that speaks volumes of where we're headed in leadership and what it actually means to be a leader. Why do you think these kids feel so empowered
0: You know, I I know that I had a voice at that age and I was very vocal about things, but I didn't have a platform, nor did I have a lot of support. So what do you think is different for these kids? Why are they so emboldened or empowered? Is it social media that empowers them? Is it just the culture that's changing? What is it that's giving them the
1: guts and the strength to stand up? So that's a really, really, really good question. I think there's multiple answers to it. One of the, the first reasons I think is, you know, I mean... The kids that are, you know, I guess generation Z, so kids that are, you know, growing up like 2000 and up um, that were, you know, born, born in 2000, yeah, born in 2000 and, and up, you know, they haven't seen um, like basically school shootings have been part of the culture. It's been part of the sort of, it's been normalized um, through yeah, their entire horrible. lifetime. It's something that that's, you know, part of just consciousness for that age group. And I think that that's one of the biggest factors too, is that if you don't know what it used to be that schools were safe, if, you know, this is something that, you know, it's just been part of your, your experience growing up, I think, you know, they're pissed and they should be rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And so they're really speaking out and doing something about that because that's not fair. It's not fair to them. It's not fair to anybody else. Um, And it really, I think, does a detriment. And the fact that they're banding together and doing this in a collective way, um, it's one thing to have people you know, individually speaking up. And you're right, social media helps to amplify that, Mm -hmm. but also the fact that they are creating a mass movement because everybody who's in that age group has had a similar experience because they haven't had, you know, I mean, going to school without potential risk of gun violence. To me, that is
0: so incredibly sad. I can't imagine it. I mean, I grew up, you know... In school that wasn't necessarily emotionally safe uh, but we didn't have the threat of someone shooting anybody so it really is an incredibly strong impetus for change and for new leadership because kind of the old old school isn't doing anything about it absolutely and to have these kids feel like this is normalized
1: um, is unbearable and I think that that's one of the big things is is with this with the whole political environment the paradigm has shifted and we're talking I mean multiple paradigms have shifted the political paradigm the social paradigm and I think the leadership paradigm um, has also shifted you know with this whole change in politics because you know we've, we're moving from a kind of traditionally defined leadership um, you know paradigm where we teach basically leadership is a role it's a position it's a job it's something that you quote unquote achieve. You learn hard skills. You learn how to negotiate. You learn how to public speak. You learn how to make dis- difficult decisions. Like, those are all hard skills that are taught in, in that sort of leadership management type space. And that's how we really approach leadership. And so, this idea that this paradigm is really, you know, the old paradigm is really about achievement, it's a position, it's a job, it's something that you just do. So what's the new paradigm? So, what does that look like? So that's an awesome question, and I'm so excited to tell you. So I believe, and this is just, you know, at this point, this is just our conversation in my opinion, but I think the paradigm shifted, and what we're seeing now with younger people stepping up too, is that it's less about the role, the formal job, and it's more about actually who you're embodying. It's about being. So it's about being somebody who has the foundation to speak up and speak up effectively and actually make change. So I, I, I am so in love
0: with what you just said and, and this point of being a leader versus acting as a leader. And this is the dissonance that I feel that we see in our country. I've never understood leadership as I have known it in my life because there is so much hypocrisy and dissonance in what someone who says they are a leader and how they portray themselves professionally or in the public and how they are at home. And I I call it value-based leadership, meaning if you believe in something and you value something and you lead from that position, that's sticky, right? That will stick and inspire and motivate and create change. This BS leadership style that I call it, you know, that is, (laughs) I stand for something in the public and privately I stand for something else, never resonated with me as anyone that I would follow, be inspired by, let alone respect. Mm -hmm. So, You're you're saying what I'm hearing you say is that the younger folks are more about the the beingness and the becoming of something true to who they are, based on their values. Yes. Rather than going to
1: management school to learn how to be a quote unquote leader. Yes, absolutely. It's something that you know. That's going to change the world. And I I agree. I totally think that's going to you know that's where we're headed, and that's the change that we're seeing in the millennial generation, and also in. Uh, Gen Z, which is the, again, generation um, that's one above millennials at this point, is really that there's a whole mindset change. We don't think about it as a job. It's not something that you just check a box and you achieve, like, I'm a leader. What the hell does that mean? It's something that you really do embody. And it's something that you see, you're right, through your home life, your community life, and whatever your professional life ends up being. And I think that that also changes, really, what leadership actually is and how you quote-unquote achieve it, is if you're being a leader, and that's something that you just embody, you can be a leader at any point. You don't have to get the job. You don't have to wait until you graduate from college. It's not something that you have to you know, be in the future. Apply it's some, for. Or yeah, exactly. It's something that you can do right now today, and I think that's what we're seeing too with the younger generations is that they're really just saying, okay, it is time for us to actually step up to find our voices and use our voices effectively. We're gonna do it however we can, whether it's in our home, whether it's in our communities, whether it's, you know, more largely to politics, whether it's on social media, it doesn't matter. There's no formality to like the job. It's what you are. So it sounds like these kids
0: are these I won't say kids cuz they're not all kids. They're not all under 18. There's there's when we talk about the millennials, we're talking about folks 34 and under. So they're grown-ups. Yeah, absolutely. To me, it sounds like there is a sense of responsibility that is different than maybe older generations who relied on the government to be responsible for them in a way in terms of setting policies, setting up laws, f- feeling like the government would take care of us. We hired people to take care of us. Hmm. What I'm hearing in the millennial generation, and this, some Gen Xers are like this, I'd like to think that I am one of those, but saying, I'm not leaving this up to someone else. I'm also going to participate and take responsibility for my role in this. And I understand that that responsibility is far. Reaching, so I'm going to vote. I'm going to take action. I'm going to say something. There's a responsibility piece here that I
1: haven't, that I really love, and that's such an interesting point. And I, I think that you know part of it is just sort of what the experiences are, because every generation has grown up with a, a sort of a different like quintessential experience that sort of shaped how their worldview is. Um, and so for i mean and I am a millennial. I just want to be clear about that. Um, <laughs> I'm a very old one. I'm um, born in 1983. Um, so I'm almost at the tip. But, um, you know, one of the, the foundational things for millennials is that we grew up, you know, we came of age during the recession. We saw people, you know, our parents, I mean, baby boomer generation, you know, lose their pensions, lose their homes. We saw that. And that's really shaped our worldview. Also, nine eleven. that was something else that our age group really um, that stands out as something that we remember. You guys, the millenni- I didn't think about this. Millennials have really dealt with
0: a lot of violence. Wow, I, I never thought about how much violence school shootings 9-11 have impacted. Uh, I just hadn't put that together.
1: And I think violence and also the economic component, and so those things tend to, you know, those really big um, you know, life-changing experiences, they shape your worldview and they shape, you know, the generation's worldview to a certain extent. And I think that, you know, back to your original question of sort of why is are we different and why are the values different? You know, part of it's that it's we've seen the other side. And so we want to help prevent that. And we really know what that looks like because we saw our parents go through it. We saw our friends, you know, they're older go through that. We saw our grandparents go through that. Um, and we want to help prevent it. And again, you know, in terms of the values, it's not just having those experiences and sort of believing that we all can do better collectively, but it's also, we're more of a globalized society. I mean, I grew up when the internet was happening. Um, I remember in you know first grade having computers. Um, and so we grew up far more connected than older generations did. And so the world is actually inherently a smaller place when you're all connected to each other. And so it's not just in my immediate family, in my immediate town. It's that the whole world is all actually connected so and we, accessible accessible and that we know how we each affect each other so it's this more kind of collective mindset i guess is how i would sort of think about more it more of the we mindset rather than the me
0: mindset absolutely and I, you know it's interesting that's a that's a common conversation uh, in certain circles is that we're really coming from the me to the we and i love that when we're talking about women because we're talking really about leadership as a community i yes. think yes and that Community functions highly when everybody is in the we mindset. You still have to take care of yourself and and understand yourself and do your things. There's a me component, but for leadership to be effective, it really is a community of we-minded individuals.
1: Absolutely, and this is the whole collective, you know, I mean, collective leadership model, um, it, the collaborative leadership model, I should say, is because everybody wins if you're pitching in and and someone else is pitching in and everybody in your group is pitching in. Everybody wins. It's not like, you know, somebody loses in that. You all get further faster. And so it makes sense to cooperate. It makes sense to collaborate. It's not this idea that you're trying to, like, step on each other and climb the ladder. I think that's, like, the... Isn't that, like, the baby boomer sort of, like mindset of climbing the corporate ladder. I mean oh, and it's I know, awful and so competitive and like And these are very big generalizations, so I'm not trying to offend anybody, but it's the it's those are the kinds of you know, I mean that was that was the language. That then? was yeah, it was career focused in yeah. sort of that that achievement oriented way. And so again, it just makes sense that the the ideas of what leadership actually is would match at the time with the mindset was, and so the mindset's really changing. And millennials are actually gonna—I mean, they're the biggest generation. Did you know they're bigger than baby boomer generation I at did. this point? I did. I did. So that's, that's fascinating. So that's where we're headed, though—is we're we're headed into this more collective, collaborative we space, like you had said. And I think that that really is gonna change politics and change how we operate socially because everybody's better off if we all cooperate and collaborate. And it seems like a natural evolution. I know that there's a lot of fear around how
0: we're changing as a culture and how leadership is changing and these kids coming in, but I really feel like this is the evolution of a fabulous country, of a country built on some really solid principles And it's time for us to evolve um, in this leadership space and evolve culturally and socially as a more community or collaborative-based country. Uh, It's been beneficial to have that individualistic mindset to get all the kind of the ducks in in the row. What do you say? Ducks Ducks in in a row. Ducks in a row, ducks in order, whatever the (laughs) saying is. But to further the evolution of what makes us great in this country requires all of us, not just a few who are strong, but all of us to be strong, all of us to come together, all of us
1: to get clear on our values and take a stand and, be responsible for our shit. Absolutely, and I think that you know, a big part of that too is that the self is always gonna be important in that, like what do you personally bring to the proverbial table? Um, and each one of us brings something a little bit different, but to really have a really clear foundation of what is our own self, and I am using air quotes here as self. And I think that that's really important. What do you bring that's special? What do you bring that's unique? What are your skills and talents and abilities? And making that something that we all actually Can each bring and then again contribute to that larger whole? Again, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts kind of mindset. And I think that's where we're at now with leadership is really building capacity for how do we create this collaborative model more widely? How do we each get, you know, each of us understand our own self, create our own foundation for resilience? And then be able to step up and say, okay, now how do I connect with you? And how do I connect with you and you and all of our listeners? And create something that's really beautiful and strong and totally inclusive because the second that somebody's excluded from these processes, you know, that's where you create tensions. And so the inclusiveness is key component of collaborative leadership and where I think we're headed for leadership models now, especially now um, with millennials at this point coming of age, with Gen Z being so powerful and right on our heels. We want to raise everybody up because everybody wins. And that is uh,
0: super powerful, The, the inclusion piece and the resilience piece. I think one of the benefits of you, of the millennial generation, is because of the normalcy of violence, you've become very resilient and keep going and keep stepping up and keep, you know, keeping up with, um, kind of not letting yourselves be pushed down. And that is super important to keep bouncing back up. And I love that. And it's a very inclusive generation because you've been exposed to so much more, cultural shifting, I think, than any other time. I mean, America's always been uh, the melting pot. We've never been just a real solidly, well, not since, uh, not that I know of, kind of one you know ethnic group or one um, skin tone. We have always and prided ourselves on, on the mixture of people. And now it is not just enough
1: to say we're all in this together, but it is to include each other absolutely to, to actively include each other and all of those values that come with being inclusive I think you know its values its cultures its backgrounds its experience and all of those things together um, you know I mean again um, looking at Millennials and Gen Z you know they're the most diverse you know generations we've ever had in history and Millennials are incredibly diverse but Gen Z according to the Pew Research Center is even more diverse than Millennials so that you know generation is going to bring something completely different and they already are I mean, that's what we're seeing with the students in Parkland, Florida, is they're bringing something that's different. And so I I just I think, you know, it's really easy to get sidetracked and get really worried about what's happening right now. But I also think that there is the silver lining is that if we're really changing these paradigms and how we operate, I think that is, you know, that is the hope for the future is that we're not just going to keep trying to fit in or teach to what's currently happened. It's sort of like the analogy of of a house. So pretend that like our, our leadership you know, paradigms are, you know, a cruddy house that you just bought, that you bought super cheap on the market. Uh, And say it's like condemned, and it's just in terrible dilapidated condition. You know, you're not going to keep putting money into that, because at some point, it's not structurally sound anymore. You're just going to mow it down, and then rebuild the foundation the right way, and then build a new house on top of it that is stable and sturdy and meets your needs. I think that's where we're at. So thinking of sort of these, these transitions and paradigms as that house. So at this point, that old dilapidated, sort of traditional older school mindset for leadership you know it's time to mow it down and that's what we're doing right now so that's inherently the mess is we're in the middle of construction
0: yeah and that's I definitely feel that upending on a daily basis but I I feel that that hope is really in um, youth leadership and something that we talked about before we recorded was that You have the baby boomer generation and the Gen Xers and a lot of the Gen Xers are on board and and supportive of of everything and, and want and had a voice when they were younger and are inspired. So I would say for for that, that it's not important to change boomers or Gen Xers minds. Just do your thing, millennials, and let them do their thing, support them. I'm I'm. My son is a millennial, my sisters are all millennials, all five of my sisters, and I see this spirit of, of collaboration and innocence and hope, and I find that inspiring. So no one needs to change my mind about anything. I don't think we need to go about changing people. We just want to stay in the space of inspiring people, and people will make the change and come around When they're ready. So for the millennials who are going at it and are on television right now and having all these amazing interviews and getting the the you know I mean getting their voice heard getting their voice heard it's an unspeakable tragedy, Uh, but the silver lining like you had said earlier is that they're actually being heard. Yes. And finding ways for all of us to support that. You know I've seen a lot of grown ups trolling these kids and putting them down and and shaming them and accusing them of all kinds of crazy things. But this is them coming into themselves. This is their coming of age party, for lack of a better word, and our coming of age experience. Support them, love them, get their back. I mean, you don't have to, if you don't agree, obviously don't, but it's really important for us as boomers, and I'm a Gen Xer, but boomers and Gen Xers to come together and let ourselves be inspired by by the by these kids. These this was our voice also and we weren't heard and mm-hmm. we didn't have a place to land. And so let's give these kids a landing pad. You know, give them the the landing pad
1: or whatever they need to just jump into this new style of leadership. I love that. And so is there anything like specific that you'd recommend like how would you, you know, how would you go and support this just out of curiosity?
0: For me, I, I always like to go big, but I, I'm going to go small here. The biggest way that we can help as, as the older generation is to listen. When a younger person has an idea, or anybody has an idea for that matter, The best way to support that person is to listen and ask questions. Why do you feel that way? What do you need to to get to that level? Share your wisdom. You have experience and, and that's important to share. And not to shut down something just because it's so different or so new or seems so wild. You had wild ideas once too. We all had wild ideas once. Someone told us that we couldn't. So let's be a voice that's supportive of those wild ideas now. Let's be the, the, the ears that hear and the hearts that love and, the, and the, that we bring our compassion and empathy into, into these kids and their journey. They have a very different experience than we had.
1: And I want them to feel heard. And that's the biggest way to support. I love that. That is amazing advice, and I'm so grateful to everybody who is supporting. Um, these- and stop saying that Gen- that millennials don't know what they are. They're spoiled
0: brats. I have found millennials to be um, much more free um, the way most of us wished we could have been, much more able to express the way we would have thrived in as well, and uh, hopeful. And so soak that up. <laughs> <laughs> this millennial loves you. <laughs> hey, listen, I, again, my son is 29. My sisters are all early 30s and down to teenagers. I, I see the light in their eyes and the hope in their hearts. And I had that. And I don't, re- I don't forget that. And I only want the world to be supportive of that. That's where we can start to c- rebuild is based on that.
1: Um, that hope. I love that, and I think that's gonna help mend these like generational, like intergenerational conflicts. I don't know what to call it. Like these, they're ridiculous. I don't even know why anybody's all up in arms about this. I have no idea, but I mean, yeah, people are people, and we're trying to make the world better again, collaboratively, collectively. Here, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's always a good. Yeah, we always go back to that. I think that's important. And for folks that are younger, um, for those of us that are in the younger generations, you know, there's a ton of things that we can do. I mean, you know, I think, you know, the students in Parkland, Florida, you know, and and what they're doing, obviously, that is in response to a mass tragedy. Um, And we don't all have that. And I think that we should be grateful that we don't all have that. But there are tons of things that we can do that make a huge difference. So I mean, again, thinking of yourself as being a leader, instead of just something that you would achieve later on in life, you can be a leader in your family, at home, You can take ownership of responsibilities, you can help each other out, you can be a leader in your community, at your school, um, I mean anywhere else that you regularly go to in your daily life. So if we can just quickly define what this new
0: paradigm of leadership is, what would you say are like the three um
1: hallmarks of this new leadership paradigm so i think the three hallmarks of this like leadership paradigm again it's a mindset change on the first part it's again it's not thinking of leadership as a job or that you would go to school for it's really something that you are it's something that you embody Um, and i think that um really two of the other ones um the second I guess defining moment, um, defining piece of that is is really this aspect of that you have those tools to be able to communicate across divides, across different perspectives, um, and to bring people into an inclusive conversation. I think that that's a really important piece that's really been missed um, in a lot of traditional leadership models and traditional leadership trainings, is that ability to actually bridge gaps. It's not about, you know, sort of communication Uh, tools or strategies or what you say or what you don't say in group context. It's really, it's how you communicate. It's how you, again, bring people in. It's this more holistic view, I guess, um, for sort of a lack of a better way to explain that. And finally, I think that self component is really important. What is your foundation? What is your foundation for your big, beautiful, strong, sturdy house? So your care for yourself, and self care is something that we hear a lot about that I, I don't know that we understand in a real way, and we'll t- certainly have a conversation about that. We'll definitely do a podcast in the future on self care. And self care, so you, so self care that yeah is meaningful for you though. I think that's a huge component of it, um, and also the ability to deal with self doubt. We've talked about the imposter syndrome. Um, there's so much that goes into that, especially for young women. This is a real big issue is really, again, what is that, that foundation? How do you take care of your house? How do you feel good about what you're doing so that you are resilient? Again, this is all in the vein of resilience building, um, is really being able to take on these roles and to take on these pressures because as a leader, you're going to encounter, uh, backlash or pressure from the opposite side at some point. That's not, you know, unexpected. That's what it means to be a leader, but it means to overcome that. And it means to actually, um, find a way to get around that. I love that. Thank you so much for, for
0: helping us kind of redefine, uh, the new model of, of leadership. And my big takeaway is the inclusiveness, be real and take care of yourself. And those three components kind of chalked up in a, in a very small way. Um, or short way, are really important. So we'll put all this stuff online for you guys. Heather is passionate about working with millennials in the youth leadership space. Uh, So we'll be posting some cool stuff that she's up to on our girlsidechats.org page. She will have a whole section dedicated to her passion for this particular area. So I hope you'll join us. Uh, On our website,
1: uh, is there anything else that you had to share about this or was... Um, I just had one more update, actually. Um, So if you're interested, and I know we keep going back to the Florida um, students, but actually uh, March for Our Lives actually is happening on March 24th. Um, So, and it's happening across the country. It's it's being led by um, the organization in DC, but it's happening in cities across the country. So if you're interested in supporting um, the, you know, advocacy, you know, to end gun violence in schools, join the March for Our Lives. You can go to the website at marchforourlives.com. We'll post the link as well um, for easy access for y'all. And then there's so many ways to get involved. I mean, and first it starts with really having a conversation about this. Talk to your kids, talk to your friends, you know, your kids' friends, talk to your nieces and nephews, understand them. So I mean, start having a conversation.
0: And this is a conversation for girls and boys. This is a not just a, a female-centric um, opportunity, but very much for both, for both, for all genders, to participate in this new style of leadership. As it relates to girls, finding uh, other women who support you, mentors who support you, uh, sharing with your girlfriends about your dreams around leadership, your concerns around leadership. And you guys getting together to define leadership for yourselves. We can define it all day long and give you sort of the one, two, three, which is important. But most important is getting clear on your own values and how you want to shine your light and stand up uh, in today's world. It it doesn't necessarily mean going and being a CEO or going into politics, but how do you want to lead in your life? And what does that actually look like? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah well thank you so much heather as always you are we have some great topics she's the best researcher ever (laughs) (laughs) oh thanks Uh, (laughs) our podcasts are are a mix of outlines and improv style so i hope you enjoyed this uh podcast today Tune back in for upcoming podcasts. We upload every Wednesday and check in for our Facebook Live on Fridays at 11 uh, Pacific Standard Time. We have an upcoming chat on March 22nd on psychic experiences and awakenings. This one is meant to be fun and to get to the get to the get to the fun stuff <laughs> <laughs> which is good we have to have that play and that fun mixed in with all the seriousness we always have to have fun so please join us share your comments stories thoughts ideas for upcoming chats we'd love to hear from you you can contact us on our website or email us at hello at
1: girlsidechats.com and as always share your stories your ideas your questions comments um and anything else that you want to hear discussed here on Girlside chats See you on the girl side.